listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah golseth continuing our international series and uh, i like this well i love all of our international series but this has been kind of fun branching into the the folks some of the newer missionaries who are still Mm. in the network support stage so i'm looking forward to learning more about some of our new missionaries today thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon joining us today the reverend dr Corey rajek serving the lord in latvia pastor rajek thanks so much for being our guest on the coffee hour today it's great to be here well, I am excited to learn about where you're going to be serving. And, and, and in some sense, I guess you're still learning about where you're going to be serving too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, going around, going through this process of, of NSM has, has been really eye-opening, meeting wonderful people along the way, but also preparing our presentation. And, and that kind of forced me into learning a little bit more about the Latvian people, about the culture, you know, what, what kind of things they like and dislike, and, and a little bit about their history, because really the history um, tells a lot about the people. Now, you mentioned NSM, and we're LCMS. I'm a DCE in the LCMS, and I work at KFUO. So we're, we're good at alphabet soup around here. But let's unpack what is NSM for our listeners. Okay. So NSM is Network Support Missionary, and it's a model that the Synod adopted right around, I believe it was around 2010 or thereabout. And basically what it is, is the Synod does support our missionaries. They make sure that we are getting out into the field safely, that we're safe while we're in the field and that we get home safely. Everything else, and that, and that, that in and of itself is a, is a major expense to the Synod. And, and so we want to encourage people to continue to, to give mission dollars into the Synod. But everything else, how the missionary feeds his family, his or her family, how they, how they live each, each day, is really part of the NSM. And it's, uh, again, the Network Support Missionary. So as part of the, the process is the missionary goes out and builds a network through presentations and talks. And in my case, I, I've uh, done a lot of preaching engagements at different congregations. And congregations can adopt me and support me as I then, along with my wife and kid, travel over to the mission field to do the Lord's work. So where will you be serving when you get to be deployed? Well, I will be stationed in Riga, Latvia. Now, my my call is a little bit unique because while I'll be stationed in Riga, Latvia, I will be serve people throughout the Eurasia region. And basically the Eurasia region is Europe and then a big part of Asia, specifically the former Soviet bloc countries, which Latvia is one of them, down through the Middle East and then down to into. And so that's considered the Eurasia region. And so I will be serving the people through there. And how I will be doing that is, is through an online seminary that prepares future pastors and deaconesses and other church workers to serve the Lord in their local communities. 
Can you share with us what, how the Lord brought you to this service? What led up to you preparing to serve the Lord in Latvia? Sure. Now, serving internationally has, has always been in the back of my mind. In fact, I told my wife, I think it was about eight or 10 years ago, my desire to serve in a mission field. At that time, I didn't know where and I didn't know how that was going to take shape. But I had mentioned it to her and we had a conversation about it. It was about four years ago, I had the opportunity to take a short-term mission trip to Hong Kong with a friend of mine from seminary and his congregation. And really, when we went over there, it was, you know, it was different, but it was wonderful. It was an amazing uh, experience, uh, learning the culture, learning a bit the, of the language. I'm not, certainly not fluent in Cantonese trying the different foods that they had. But most of all, I think that experience helped me with my witness of Christ. Not only did I have the language barrier to contend with, uh, but there was also a cultural barrier. Things that uh, we might be familiar with in the United States uh, were foreign to these students. By the way, the path goes both ways. And that's why I believe it's important uh, that the missionary really immerse himself or herself into the culture of the people. It really helps with communicating the gospel in a very clear and crisp manner. Anyway, that trip that I took to Hong Kong really fueled my desire uh, for international service. And I was so excited when I got home, I told my wife about it and, and she was hoping to, to make the trip. She was unable to make the trip, but she was hoping to make the trip at a, a future date. But, but really, that's what really fueled my desire to, to continue and, and perhaps one day pursue international service. Well, then out of the blue, and this is, I mean, it was, it was kind of a shock to me and to my wife in some respects. But uh, last April, I received a phone call from Dan McMiller, the executive director of OIM at Synod, the Office of International Mission. And he, um, the first thing he said is, would you consider a call to the mission field? Uh, so it was kind of, kind of a shock to me. And, and the rest, I guess you could say, is history as I received the call and then accepted it. Mm -hmm. How have your, uh, your wife and kids been doing with all of the preparations and all of these things in order to be deployed onto the field? Well, we've been incredibly busy because here in, in where I'm currently uh, living in Pierce, South Dakota, we have, we own our own house. And so my wife and I have been married for uh, 20 years and, and we're, we, we accumulate a lot of stuff that we, <laughs> that we have to uh, deal with. And, and we're, we're showing our house now, put our house on the market. Thankfully, the market's pretty solid here uh, in uh, South Dakota and we can praise God for that. But, but yeah, we're, we're just kind of downside. Our, our goal is to take about three or four suitcases with all of our belongings over to Riga. And my kids at first, when I mentioned it to them, I, they were pretty excited about it. And they're, they're like, oh, where are we going to go? You know, type of thing. And then, and then after I received the call, then it, I think it was a little bit more real. And they're like, well, we, I don't know if we want to go. And then I told them to think about it and to pray about it. And, and then I asked them again later on and they said, yeah, yeah, we're on board. And, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I cannot accept this call without, without them being on board, my, my wife and kids and praise be to God, they're on board and they're, they're eager and looking forward to the move. 
So you've learned a little bit about where you'll be serving. You are in network support right now. There's mm -hmm. another, and you shared with us a little bit about the, you know, the the backstory to becoming a, a missionary. Tell us about the the preparation and the training you'd mentioned earlier. I think before we went on the air about Hayden, who we talked with last week, being in the same cohort. What was mm -hmm. that that orientation like? Tell us a little bit about the the preparation and that I don't I guess would you call it formation that mm. for preparing to serve internationally. Yeah, the I feel like it was everything happened so fast for me because because I accepted the call to be a, a theological educator and pastor in Riga. And that was June, the end of June, the last Sunday in June, I announced to my congregation. And then it was July 12th that I started uh, my orientation with OIM. And, and it, the first week was, was actually online. It was virtual. And it was something that they, that they tested out because of COVID-19. And, and it worked out rather well. And so the, it was uh, different class, different classes on, on how to adapt as a, as a missionary and, and what, you know, what kind of experiences that you might experience. There is you know, how to t tie up loose ends here uh, where you're currently living. And then, and then the second week was in person and, and that was geared mainly toward the NSM. And basically perfecting that presentation and, and, you know, what, what, what do we, what message do we want to convey about the mission that we are going to, to serve in? And then, um, and then it was a third weekend then in August, which was, again, we met former missionaries who were on the field, learned about their experiences. There was this, the, the. Thanksgiving service where, where we thanked God for, for the missionaries who are coming off the field and those who are going on to them. So, so yeah, it was a whole time preparing. I mean, there's a lot of prep that goes into, into play here prior to, to even the orientation for myself. It was a lot of interviews and a lot of, um, a lot of inventories, I guess you could call them just to, just to see of, of if we would not just survive, but thrive on the mission field. And so there was a lot that went into it, and and certainly the, the um, Office of International Mission knows what they're doing. They've been doing this a long time, and and they're good at what they do. Mm -hmm. What are some of the? Can you give us some like some some tidbits, uh, sneak preview of of the the presentation that you're, you're telling people? What is that story that you're telling people about what you're going to be doing in Latvia? Sure. Yeah, it, it really is about the, the Latvian people. And, and I go through really what they experienced throughout history. Now, th these are people who, who date back to 2500 BC. And to put that into, into a little bit of context, that's 400 years before the birth of Abraham. So, so they've been living in that region for, for quite some time. And they were originally conquered by the, by the Vikings who brought in paganism into their culture. And in fact, remnants of this paganism, these pagan traditions are still practiced today by many of the, the Latvian people. It wasn't until the 1200s AD that Germanic knights came and conquered the land and introduced the people to Christianity. 
By the way, soon after in 1211, Riga, this is, Riga is the capital of Latvia. Riga's Dome Cathedral was built, and that's really the kind of the crown jewel of Riga. And it was built under the, direct, of, under the direction of Bishop Albert of Riga, who himself was, was a German Saxon. Most of Latvia remained part of the Roman Church until about 1522 when Martin Luther's friend and colleague, his name was Johannes Bugenhagen, carried personal letters from Luther himself to the people of Riga. And in fact, you can go and read those letters in volume, I believe it's 53 of Luther's works, and you'll see the, the letters to the people of Riga that Luther penned. Uh, one year later, in 1520, the church in Riga declared itself to be a follower of the Reformation and Luther's teaching. And they remained pre predominantly Lutheran until the Soviets took over in the 1940s and, and the Soviets uh, promoted atheism. While still the largest of the Christian traditions, today only about 25% of the population identifies with, with Lutheran teaching. And so really part of my call over there is to, is to not only teach in their seminary, Luther Academy, the Riga Luther Academy, but also to, to begin an English speaking service. A lot of the, the locals there like to, to learn a little bit more about American English. And, and so we were, we're planning on starting an English service there. And not only for them, but also there are a number of expatriates, people who living in Riga, whether they work at the embassy or, or live there, move there at some time. But I know starting a service for them and hopefully being able to reach out uh, and tell them about Jesus Christ. We're learning about serving the Lord in Latvia. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Corey Rajek. We have more to learn in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Reverend Dr. Corey Rajak, preparing to serve the Lord in Latvia. Pastor, before we went to break, you were sharing with us a little bit of the, the presentation you get to share with, with listeners and, and visitors as you're, you're visiting during your network support phase and preparing to, to deploy to go to Latvia. Who, in addition to the people that, that you're connecting with the network support here for partnership in this work, who will you be partnering with once on the ground in Latvia? Primarily, I will be working with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Latvia, which is our sister church body in Latvia. I'll be teaching for their seminary called the Riga Luther Academy. Now, the Riga Luther Academy itself has a kind of an interesting history because it was officially started in the mid-1990s after the, um, the Latvians gained their independence from the Soviet Union. 
And really, their, their, the whole number of their pastors really declined during the Soviet uh, occupation. One statistic I read said that some 80% of Latvia's pastors either died or disappeared during that occupation. And so the church, the Latvian church, reached out to the LCMS for help. And the LCMS responded by purchasing a building, gifting the Latvian church with curriculum, and sending an administrator over there to oversee this, this, this whole educational process. And it ended up establishing their seminary, Luther Academy. But it wasn't until 2017 that the LCMS, along with the Latvian church, began to lay the groundwork for what they call the Livonian Project, whose aim was to, in essence, grow the seminary. Uh, COVID-19 interrupted the work of the project, forcing it to go entirely online. But this actually turned out to be a blessing, as um, the reach of, of Luther Academy and the Livonian Project was, was greater and it actually reached worldwide. The Livonian Project finally launched in 2020, and we, we thought we were going to have about four or five students. We ended up with 45 students in Whoa. that first <laughs> class. By the way, uh, this year, the Livonian Project was absorbed fully into Luther Academy and is now um, known as the English program of Luther Academy. And so we teach entirely in English, because English has become this universal language. And, and so that's one of the requirements. In fact, you had mentioned earlier that Hayden, Hayden Resner is going to be um, traveling over there as well. She will be uh, teaching ESL, English as a Second Language. Uh, she'll be tutoring a lot of the students that I will be teaching, tutoring them in English so that they become uh, better acquainted with English. So we have this whole process and it all kind of feeds into, into making disciples, teaching them about Jesus Christ and the gospel so that they in turn can go to their local communities and in their local languages, tell others about Jesus. So who are the students that are, that are attending these classes? Uh, since this is online, I imagine that they're coming from uh, f- much further out than just uh, in Latvia and the, the region uh, right around there. Who are, who are these students that are attending these classes? Yeah, we, like I said, the, the whole purpose of, of the English program, program portion of Luther Academy, is really to provide a path toward ordination in mission fields where it is not possible for students to attend their own seminary and to make Lutheran theological education available to a wider audience. And, and really, our students come from, I believe it's 11 different countries now in Europe, Africa, and even the United States. And um, I think this is just remarkable, but we have 16 students from Pakistan who are on path to be Lutheran pastors. In fact, the Synod, in partnership with others, has established the very first evangelical Lutheran church of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Luther Academy is currently training these men to plant Lutheran churches and to bring the word and sacrament ministry to the Pakistani people. I think it's just remarkable. And I think the Lord is doing such marvelous work. Wow. That's amazing. That is quite amazing. <laughs> that's, that's a huge leap. That's yeah. like, thanks be to God. Um, share with us, you shared a little bit about your background earlier. Share with us how the Lord has 
provided for you and how you think all you know, this variety of, of skills that you have and the, just the, all the things that make up Dr. Corey Rajek, how you, you see them being a part of how the Lord will use you in uh, this work in Latvia? Because I was just looking through your bio earlier and you studied <laughs> a lot of fun things. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all things I was interested in. Education is one of the areas where I am interested in. And my, my PhD is from a college of education and leadership. And um, really, we're building this seminary, this, this, at least the English program from the ground up. We're, we're writing, we're, we're putting together the classes as we speak. We're writing student handbooks as we speak. I talked to one of my colleagues who's the head of the program over in Riga. And every Friday we, we get together and have a meeting and we chat. And, and right now I'm, I'm working on part of the, the student handbook, which I've got a history in doing. I've been a, an adjunct professor for another university here in the United States for a number of years. And then with my my education, my doctorate in education, in educational leadership, it really kind of fits in really well with, with building this seminary and making it uh, a strong, respected seminary throughout the world. And that's really our aim is to, is to put this seminary on the map and really make sure that we get that message of Jesus Christ into the far reaches of the world. And that, that's our goal. What are you looking forward to when you're when you get to be deployed on the field? What are you really looking forward to being able to do? Well, first and foremost, my passion is teaching. I love to teach. It's it's one of my strengths. So I'm, I'm looking forward to teaching. I'm looking forward to um, to getting getting a class together and and teaching them uh, about the marvelous work that God has been doing and continues to do in their lives and in our world. Aside from that, I look forward to just learning another culture. The Latvian people speak a, a Latvian language and Latvia, Latvian language is one of the hardest languages to learn. And so I look at the challenge of learning a little bit of Latvian at least and, and hopefully speaking it in the marketplace with the people. We've been, we've been trying to do that. My wife has been sending uh, emails off to a realtor in Riga because we, we certainly would like to secure housing before we go if possible. So we have a place to stay. And so she gives these little, drops these little Latvian words in her emails and, and, and they, you can tell they, they really appreciate that. How can we stay informed about what's happening with the Rajek family and the Lord's work in Latvia? I think the best way to learn more and to keep informed about my international service is to log on to our prayer page, lcms.org backslash R-A-J-E-K. And if you, if you go there, lcms.org backslash R-A-J-E-K, from there you can download our prayer card, find out more about us. But you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter. And right now we're just kind of talking about the different things we're doing here in the United States. But once we're deployed, God willing, in December, we will be updating more about Riga and the work we're doing over there in serving the Lord. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Corey Rajek, serving the Lord in Latvia. Dr. Rajek, thanks so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour today and sharing this great story. Thank you, Andy and Sarah. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.